equips us to relate to other persons, and the human body equips us to relate to our environments. When Junior's soul and spirit were dismissed from his body, they were not dismissed to stop existing or to float around aimlessly somewhere. Instead, they were dismissed to go into God's presence. They were dismissed to go back to the one who first gave them. They were dismissed to wait for a sure and certain reunion with Junior's resurrected body. I like Ecclesiastes 12, verses 6 and 7. They say, Remember him, that is God, before the silver cord is severed or the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring or the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. And so I repeat that Junior is the reason that we're all here, but Junior is not here. You are here to look around and up for God's truth, God's perspective, and God's hope. Certainly the Holy Spirit will help us in this worthwhile investigation. Let us pray together. Dear God, we do ask for your help to know you and your ways better. You have revealed yourself in your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and in your scriptures, the Holy Bible. We really thank you today for both of these great revelations. Lord, we also know that you are still revealing all that you want us to know in your full Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Therefore, God, we ask you to open our minds in this hour, open our minds and our hearts for your truth. We ask you to make us teachable and not proud. Heavenly Father, you have guaranteed us something which we would like to claim. Strengthen our faith to trust in you with all of our hearts and to lean not on our own understandings. Instead, strengthen our worship to acknowledge you in all of our ways so that you, Lord God, will direct all of our paths. Our paths need to be directed this morning. They need to be directed to your beloved Son, Father. He is the world's only Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. May no one leave today's service without Christ as Lord and Savior. Father God, these are our prayers offered in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's congregation said, Amen. The Old Testament reading will be provided by Faith Francis, who is a niece. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is taken from Psalms 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. 
though war arise against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock, and now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your ways, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Amen. What a song of confidence. Thank you, Faith, for reminding us of those precious truths as to who the Lord is. He is all that we need. To Brother Bateman and the rest of the family, our prayers are with you uh, to the Lord for your continued comfort and strength as you go through this time of bereavement. We're told in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 12, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been fully known. There are certain things in this life that we won't ever understand until we see the Lord face to face. But even then, as we go through this dark veil, uh, we must continue to keep our eyes on him, trusting in him, because he knows the way. He is the way. And so let's stand together as we sing our first hymn together, Father Along. We'll understand it better by and by.
church said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Sister B, father, friend of our late brothers, coming now with special music, followed by Cordero Bain and Rico Stino with our New Testament reading.
Good morning. This scripture verse is taken from John 14, from 1 to 6. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am. There ye may be also. And where I go you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Good to see young men reading the scriptures. Thank you, B, also for reminding us of those wonderful truths from such familiar and favorite hymns of the faith. He lives indeed. Wilfred Jack, a friend of our late brother Isaac, is unable to be with us this morning, uh, but instead of this tribute being read by uh, Caitlin Francis, uh, we're going to hear uh, Brother Wilfred's voice by way of an audio uh, recording. And that will be followed immediately by a special uh, video uh, tribute uh, in song. Good morning, Calvary Bible Church, and good morning to the Bain family. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a few thoughts about my friend Junior, though I'm unable to be there physically with you, please know that my thoughts, my prayers and my love for you continue even throughout the days to come. I will reluctantly admit that I was at least at the age of accountability when I realized that Junior's real name was not really Junior. We both started here at Calvary Bible Church as infants in the early 60s. He was two years older than me, so we were never in the same Sunday school class, but we would have many more activities in common as we grew. This was a place where we learned about God through his word and where lifelong friendships were forged. My earliest memory of any significant interaction between us would have been during a Stockada battalion campout in the very early 70s. Into our teen years, we realized that Calvary Bible Church maintained the focus of presenting the gospel through activities that could keep us at church six or seven nights per week easily. Especially for Junior's two sons right now, I want to focus on them for a little bit. I knew both of you from birth, and you were carbon copies of your father as a, as a toddler, as a young boy. I know that Andrew still has a fine singing voice, and I remember he and I shared the stage in a drama production quite a while back. I also remember that Antonio sang as well. As I indicated earlier, your father was active in church, period. 
he transitioned from Awana as a clubber to Awana as a leader. He also sang with the New Life Singers, and that was one of our of a number of our teen singing groups. Junior was one of the first of us, that is the young people of the day, to join the choir, complete with beige and gold choir robe. In 1979-1980, this was a big, big deal. More importantly, though, than any of these activities, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior at an early age. Coming up through those years, I've seen Junior in various situations. And one word that comes to mind in describing his response to whatever was going on is cool. He had a way of wearing and displaying this attribute whenever the world around him was losing it. He laughed heartily. And he often laughed with a deep enjoyment of his own laugh. Believe that or not. When things got heated on the basketball court over a foul or at the volleyball net over a bad call, Junior would walk. No, no he, would, he would glide. He would just glide away from the action. Cool. Always cool. I never saw Junior get mad. At least not in the way that others among us too often choose to do. Junior made things he attempted seem effortless. And I'll explain what I mean by that. At one point, I remember Junior selling an engine treatment called Slick 50, part-time. It had just hit the market. He was enthusiastic and naturally convincing. I don't know how many bottles he sold, but I told him, I actually promised him I would buy a bottle as soon as I got a car of my own. Well, I got the car before I got the Slick 50. Never, never bought it. Junior at one point worked at a local Tom McCann shoe outlet. I think Tom McCann is out of business now, but there was a pair of tan and brown cowboy boots in the store, and they had my name on them. This was the early 80s, and boots were definitely a statement. There were two problems, though. One, I was a full-time COB student with a small part-time job. And two, the boots were $40. And that would be about $135 at the day's prices. Well, to hasten the story along, Junior eventually got the sale. Yes, I happen to know this because he came grinning to church one evening saying, I just sold your boots. <laughs> always, always a good-looking, sharply-dressed guy with great manners. The girls admired him. The boys accepted him. Older people here appreciated the young man he would eventually become. By the world's standards, he could have chosen to become arrogant, but no one, and I repeat, no one who... I believe ever met Junior once or twice could not help but notice his humility. And I heard this more than once since his passing. Certain things never went his head. And now I'd kind of like to apply this to all of us, our young people, but particularly Andrew and Antonio, his sons. 
as with all of us in life, in time, life would present its challenges. Many, the many experiences of his life, the great ones, the highs, the not so great ones, the lows, the successes, and the failures, none of us are immune. We are reminded that we'll all have trials. However, there was in fact a single choice, guys, that your dad made in accepting God's gift of eternal life. I speak to the evidence of what me and others saw in your father's life. The Bible in John chapter 10, around verse 28 and 29, reminds us of our security through salvation. Nothing, no one can pluck us from his hand. And Romans 8, 39, we see that nothing can separate us from his love. Today, there is a sadness. There is an absence. No doubt there has been and will be more tears. But for the born again among us, there is a hope as real as God's promises that we will see you later. We'll see you later, Junior. God bless.
Isn't that wonderful? See that memory of Junior singing of his Savior along with Alicia and Sharon? Beautiful to know that departed from his body to be present with his Lord. He's using that same voice, I'm sure, to lift praises to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and shall for all eternity. Alicia will minister musically after this message from God's Word, and that's very fitting as well. You know, when you pause and think about it, there's only one person who's made the successful trip from heaven to earth, Christmas, and then the successful trip from earth back to heaven, the ascension after the resurrection. And that, of course, is our precious and wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that being the case, that he's the only one that's ever made this successful trip from heaven to earth and then earth back to heaven, what he has to say about the trip carries a whole lot of weight. One of the things that I am truly grateful for this, this morning is the confirmation of the Holy Spirit that I'm sharing the portion of the word that I'm supposed to share because although we didn't consult together about what the nephews Cordero and Rico would read from God's word, but the passage John 14, 1 to 6, that they so capably read is the very same passage, very same verses that the Lord led me to share with you in these moments in junior service. The scene is before Calvary in the upper room where the Lord's Supper was instituted for the first time during the Jewish Passover feast, just prior to Jesus' arrest, just prior to his being taken to the cross, where he willingly died, not as a victim, but as a volunteer. And you'll remember that in that upper room at that time of the institution of the Lord's Supper, he said to his disciples, reading the apprehension and the fear in their faces, Jesus in love said to them, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The first thing I'd like to point out from these precious verses in Jesus' words to his disciples and by extension to all of us this morning is that he told them to believe in himself and he said, believe in me, believe in God. Believe in God, believe in me. Clearly, Jesus claimed to be God because clearly Jesus Christ is God. The nonsense you hear in some circles these days that Jesus Christ never claimed to be God is nonsense. Many times over, Jesus Christ claimed to be God, and rightly so, because he was God in the flesh. The God-man, deity fused to humanity in the miracle of the virgin birth at Christmas. So Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. And then Jesus went on to say that heaven is a real place. He calls it, called it his father's house. He called it a mansion. 
He called it a place. He said it was the place that he would be going, and it would be the place that we would meet him at. So heaven is a real place. We need to know and remember that today. Heaven is not a dream. Heaven is not just a nice idea. Heaven is not a fairy tale, and heaven is certainly not a state of mind. In fact, heaven is a real piece of real estate that is a gated community. It says in the book of Revelation there are 12 gates around the wall of heaven. Heaven is real. It's a real place. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus said. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, heaven, are many mansions. Heaven, if it were not so, I would have told you. I love that about the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus said, if it weren't so, if heaven were not really a real place where I'm going and you can meet me someday, if it wasn't the case, I would have told you it's not the case. Jesus has not one ounce of untruth in him. He is truth personified in everything he has said. There is no exaggeration with Jesus Christ. There is no double talk with Jesus Christ. There is no puffing. You know, when you go to buy a used car and the salesman says, oh, this was an old lady's Toyota. She only drove it to Marathon Mall once a week for one year. That's puffing. There's no puffing with Jesus. Whatever he has said as recorded in his word is truth, 100% truth. You can take it to the bank, but better than that, you can take whatever Jesus Christ has said recorded in scripture, you can take it to your eternity as Junior has. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, Jesus said. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. Let me stop. In the Jewish marital custom, when the Jews who were alive at the time of Jesus' ministry on earth understood marriage, when a young man and a woman were engaged to be married, they called it being betrothed, they were considered to be married, but they never sexually consummated their marriage for one year. Why? Because in that one period year of betrothal, the husband was preparing, literally, a home for he and his wife to raise children in. He was building that home wherever it might have been. Meanwhile, in that year of betrothal, the wife was with her mother and family being prepared to be a wife and being prepared to be a mother. And so the two were apart spatially, uh, physically from each other for one year in betrothal but it was considered to be marriage because remember when the Virgin Mary was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit and Joseph didn't understand the nature of that miracle and thought about writing her a bill of divorcement, we would have said break off an engagement, but in their culture, it would take a bill of divorcement to separate their relationship during the betrothal. And of course, the angel of the Lord revealed to Joseph that what was conceived in his uh, wife of betrothal was not from another man, humanly speaking, but from God the Holy Spirit, a miracle of miracles. And so, of course, he didn't divorce Mary, thankfully, and they both took the great risk of scorn and public shame of her being with child uh, by the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says that he goes to prepare a place for those who believe in him like Junior Bain. 
And we are in that betrothal period right now. Jesus went back to heaven to build the mansion that Junior is now inhabiting, to build the mansions that you can inhabit when it's your time if you know Christ by, as Savior by faith. There's a separation right now between us and Jesus Christ. He's building the marital home in heaven for the believer and himself, and we are here down on earth seeking to serve Christ, we trust, with fidelity and and obedience and humility that Junior displayed so beautifully in his life. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. You see, in that betrothal model, once the marital home was completed, the bridegroom with his uh, best man and the men standing up for them in the marriage would pay, come to where the bride was living with her parents, oftentimes a long walk by night in torch with torches, a torch-bearing procession from the marital home that the groom had built to meet up with the bride where she had been living with her mommy and daddy. And then after that procession by torchlight, there'd be a wonderful marriage ceremony that would often last more than one day. And then after that special time of marriage ceremony, the marriage would be consummated and the bride and the groom would live together and raise a family in the marital home that the groom had prepared during the time of betrothal. We are in the time of betrothal, beloved. Jesus Christ is not here. He's there at the Father's right hand building the mansion. Will you have a mansion there? Will he, when he comes, Christ, will he take you back from where you are in Nassau to be with him? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. Is that your testimony? Your grandmother can't have saving faith for you. Your wife can't have saving faith for you. Your daddy can't have saving faith for you. Your pastor can't have saving faith for you. Only you can exercise saving faith in Christ for yourself. If you've never done so, Junior stands behind me, as it were, urging me on to invite you to trust his Savior before it's too late. His faith has become sight. His hope has become reality. Jesus' words, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way. Well, Thomas, speaking for others in the group, candidly, bluntly, said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how do we know the way? That's a good example of, if you don't know, ask. <laughs> he didn't know, so he asked. And then Jesus gave the most profound and simple answer about how you successfully make it from earth to heaven, recorded in any place in the Bible or any literature. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father, except through me. That's what Jesus said. Amen. He is not a way of many. He is not a truth of many. He is not a life of many lives. He is the way, 
the only way. The truth, the only truth, and the life, the only life. That's definite. (laughs) That is clear. That is precise direction. And it's said to us by the only one who has successfully come from heaven to earth and then made the successful return trip from earth to heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said of himself, I am the way and the truth and the life and no one comes to the Father except through me. doesn't matter how sincere you are. If you don't have Christ, you're not making it. There was a little boy who was raised in a Christian family in Texas. His daddy took him to Walmart, and his daddy was a very frequent personal soul winner. This little boy saw his daddy share the way of salvation all the time. Wherever daddy went and the boy went, often the boy saw the daddy share his faith. And so in the Walmart checkout line, His daddy said to the cashier, do you know for sure you'll go to heaven? And the Walmart cashier said, I sure hope so. I hope my good outweighs my bad. And the eight-year-old son looked at his daddy and said, tell her about Christ, daddy. She ain't going to make it. He's right. Perfect Sunday school attendance, good works, service in the church, in the community. There's nothing wrong with those things, but they won't get you to heaven if you don't have Christ. It's only Christ, not a church, not this church, not any other church. It's not a philosophy. It's not good works at wearing bad works. It's not religious hoops you jump through that certain churches have sacraments and vows and giving to the poor and alms and praying to Mary in some churches. It's none of that. It's Christ. Christ alone. Faith alone in Christ alone by God's grace alone. That's what it is. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, preached like no other preacher had preached before he preached that sermon. People had heard the religious fuddy-duds and the religious aristocracy preach. They knew they didn't have the authority when they preached that Jesus Christ had when he preached. And in that Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 7, 13 and 14, Jesus tells us something very important. Jesus said, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Jesus Christ, in love and mercy, said back then and says by extension still this morning, There are two gates that lead to two very different roads. The one gate and road is wide, but it leads to destruction. And many people, the majority of people, are on that wide road that leads to destruction. Jesus said, in contrast to that road and gate, there is a gate and a road that are narrow. And they lead to life eternal life, and few are on that road. Jesus is saying that the majority of persons aren't going to make heaven because the majority of persons aren't willing to trust him and only him to be their savior, even in the commonwealth 
of the Bahamas. Two gates, two roads. One gate and road, broad, leading to destruction. Many on it. The other road and gate, narrow, but leading to life. And few are on that road. Are you? When we were little in Canada, and maybe here in the Bahamas, you would experience the same. There was a children's chorus that I remember singing as a little boy. One door and only one, and yet its sides are two, inside and outside. On which side are you? One door and only one, and yet its sides are two. I'm on the inside. On which side are you? One Lord and only one, and yet the ways are two. Right way and wrong way. On which way are you? One Lord and only one, and yet its ways are two. I'm on the right way. On which way are you? One book and only one, which tells of places too. Good place and bad place. On which place choose you? One book and only one, which tells of places too. I choose the good place. In which place choose you? That's the question this morning. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 2, God tells us through King Solomon being moved by the Holy Spirit to write the book of Ecclesiastes. You remember, he tried everything to find meaning in life, did King Solomon. Money, construction projects, real estate, women, wine, food. King Solomon tried to find pleasure and meaning in life in all of these places. But he came to the conclusion at the end of his book, the only way to find pleasure and meaning to life is to remember God in your youth and to fear him all of your days. But he says, God says to King Solomon in chapter 7, verse 2 of Ecclesiastes, better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. May I paraphrase? It's better to come to the cemetery instead of Atlanta's buffet restaurant. Better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men and the living take it to heart. This is about the 64th funeral I've conducted since becoming the pastor teacher at Calvary Bible Church. And every case, including today, funerals close the eyes of the dead and they are to open the eyes of the living. Are your eyes open? Do you know that one day you will die and it won't be what you've done good that you can bank on. It will only be what Jesus Christ has done perfectly for you in your place, dying the death you deserved to die to give you the righteousness you never could have earned for yourself. Better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I believe that in this congregation and the congregation viewing the live stream, that many are on the narrow road that leads to life in Christ. 
and I am grateful for that. Maybe this time in your word for Junior Bain's service is calling us on that narrow road to persevere in walking it with Christ in obedience and humility and love, to be on fire for Jesus Christ as we were when we trusted him as Savior. But Lord, it could well be that in this sanctuary right now, on the live stream, wherever people are viewing, that there are people who are not yet on the narrow road that leads to eternal life in Christ, but rather are finding themselves by default on the broad, broad road, heavily populated with others, but it leads to destruction. I pray that if anyone is in the sound of my voice, that the Holy Spirit is convicting at this time that they need to transfer their trust over to Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ to be the forgiveness of their sins in heaven one day. I pray that at this time, right where they sit, in the quietness of their heart, they would transfer their trust over to Jesus Christ alone in a manner that this prayer would reflect, knowing that this is not a magic prayer. It's talking to God. You make this your prayer in the silence of your heart if this is your need. And before I leave in this prayer, may I remind you that God is not hard of hearing, nor does he have a poor memory. So if you've transferred your trust to Christ previously in your life, God knows that, and you're saved. Now live like you're saved. But if you've never transferred your trust to Christ for salvation, may I help you to do that right from where you sit. Make this your prayer to God in the silence of your heart. Dear Lord, I'm a sinner. I have fallen short of your standard in so many ways. I thank you that you have proven your love for me by sending your only Son, Heavenly Father, Jesus, to die that cruel and awful death on the cross. And I believe that when Jesus died and shed his blood that he made the forgiveness of my sins possible. And so I, by faith, run to Christ right now. I put my full confidence on him and his finished work. I accept the grace gifts of forgiveness in heaven. Make me be new on the inside so that when I rise from this prayer, I'm a new creation in Christ, finding a Bible-believing church if I do not already have one, and plugging in to grow in grace in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior. If you made that your prayer, God heard you, saved you, indwelt you by his Holy Spirit and calls you to live new in Christ. Would you tell someone before you lay your head on the pillow tonight that you trusted Christ at Junior Bain's service? It will solidify your decision in your heart and it will bring great joy and praise to the believer you will share that with. Father, we're so grateful that Junior made that transference of trust onto Jesus Christ and his person and work young in his life. We thank you that all the character qualities we celebrate today are because of the fruit of the Spirit in Junior's life, the love and the humility and the joy and the humor and the kindness, faithfulness, the loyalty, the industry. Thank you for what you did in and through Junior. We give you thanks for his life. And we thank you that eternal life can come out of his testimony in these minutes. And we pray that it has. And we ask this in the name of and for the glory of the world's only Savior and the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that those of us who can say it as well with my soul are those who have placed our faith and our trust in him alone, who made that successful trip, as Pastor Rob said, all the way from glory to earth and back to glory from earth after accomplishing our complete redemption. Our closing recessional hymn now will be sung, and it is Blessed Jesus, Hold My Hand. Let us stand together as we sing. As I travel through this pilgrim land, there is a friend who walks with me, leads me safely through the sinking sand. It is the Christ at Calvary. This would be my prayer, dear Lord. Jesus, hold my hand. Blessed Jesus. 